0: The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Transfolk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, catsuit.
1: Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. We appreciate you joining us each and every week, and we are just two shows away from finishing up our third season, and we can't thank you enough for being with us. If you'd like to support the show in a little way, you can do so by visiting our official merch store at Kingster Merch on Etsy. There, you'll find a series of empowering t-shirts that will allow you to be your authentic self. So if people are looking at you as an object, make sure they look at you as a human. You might enjoy taking a look at the What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want range on Kingster Merch at Etsy. Today, we're joined by Royalty, someone I almost had an opportunity to meet but missed by that much but we're going to get to know each other on this program. Queen Anna Blue identifies as a sadomasochistic pansexual, black leather pro dominatrix and lifestyle switch. As a professional BDSM worker, Queen Anna enjoys creating scenes with clients that help them live out their fantasies. As a lifestyle switch, She enjoys the connection and vulnerability involved with exploring all sides of the slash with her partners. Queen Anna enjoys teaching because she enjoys helping others feel welcomed and safe. She excels at making people feel accepted, important, and at helping people understand they have power and beauty as they practice kink. Queen Anna Blue on what women and other wonderful humans want.
0: the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five and it starts now. First
1: time you realized that being a switch was important to you.
2: I realized being a switch was important to me when I realized I didn't want to be a pro switch anymore um because i realized that when i bottom i couldn't just do it for pay i couldn't be an actress in that sort of sense and it's easier for me to top someone in the session you know that was fun i could be creative with that but my face doesn't lie when i'm playing and i love the pro subs and switches out there like they they deserve academy awards for what they do but during the whole oh that feels wonderful like (laughs) i just couldn't do it for people that i have a connection with i couldn't just do it for money and it made me cherish how lucky i am to be a a pro as my career and to be able to do kink and BDSM in my lifestyle. And so I, I cherish my partners that I can bottom to, and the ones that I can top to.
1: First time you can recall kink being good to you?
2: Um, I would have to say it was the moment I felt that I was home. And I remember it, it was my birthday in 2016. I went to Sanctuary LAX in California and I went to this party and it's, it's packed and there's people dressed up in like suits and and like cocktail dresses. And then you have the people that are in like chains and lingerie or just plain nude and I was just like look at all of this oh my gosh and you see people getting kicked you hear people having orgasms you hear the crack of whips and I was like this is where I belong all of this together and everyone's having fun and then there's snacks and then there's people on stage performing I'm like this is happening all at once and everyone's okay because outside those doors people aren't okay with it But I was like, this is where I want to be. I want to be amongst these people more. And that's when I realized that, hey, it is okay for me to be kinky. I'm still a good person. I used to be super religious and had all those hangups about like, well, am I still a good person? If I like to do, you know, beat people with chickens, am I still a good person? (laughs) If I just want to, you know, clap inside somebody's ass, like, and it's just like, yeah, you're still a good person because you're doing it consensually.
1: First time you ever stood in front of a room of people who are waiting for education for you, you give the class and somebody comes up and says to you, I feel like I'm my authentic self now that I've heard you.
2: Let's see, the first time that has happened, um... It probably happened at DomCon, um, probably DomCon L.A. I can't remember what year um, because I've been teaching there a few years, but it's, it's such an amazing feeling when that happens because even educators have those moments where they're just like, are people getting it? Are they accepting the information? Is it helping people? Um, you know, why, why, why would someone come to my class? Why do people think I'm legit? But when you have that person come up after class and say, Hey, thank you. Hey, I feel seen. I'm just like, okay, I got one person. And then I'm like, well, if I got one person, I probably got somebody else who just didn't come up to me at the end. And that kind of keeps me going with my classes is that you're, you're helping somebody, whether you do it in person, whether they see a post online or they go to your online classes you have recorded. But it was, yeah, it was probably in DomCon LA where I think it was a lady who was just like, um, yeah, it was a lady that came to me and she was crying. It was one of my empowerment and kink class. And she was like, I didn't know that there could be a mental side and such a personal side to kink. I was like, yeah, it's not just about hitting people. It's about, you know, your self-confidence and encouraging yourself to just be you.
1: First time you ever had a scene as a professional. Do you remember what happened?
2: Hmm. I think it was when I was the pro switch and it was I got a lot of bottoming scenes at first so usually they were just like oh spanking scenes I remember this one dude who brought like 20 canes and just wanted to go ham with canes and I was like all right <laughs> but again I was like this isn't my jail because I was like there's there's no connection I'm just laying here i think at one point i even said i was like oh my gosh that was great but do you have any other toys (laughs) (laughs) because i was like you brought 20 rattan canes like what else you got (laughs) what else can you do
1: (laughs) what was your reaction for your first time topping as a professional
2: Oh my gosh. I remember I had my black boots on. Um, I had this like strapless dress with like little, I don't even know what you even call them, like hooks on them. And I just I just felt in charge. I was like, this is what I need to be doing. I am the one in charge. I want to make this guy hurt and I want to make him scream, and we're all gonna have a great time. <laughs>
1: i love that and you do it with such a huge smile too that's yes and that's what scares
2: them the most they're like your smile is scary. And then you start laughing. I was like, yeah, I'm having fun because you're my little bitch right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're not going to be scared of the smile from queen Anna blue. And when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want, we're going to talk about more of that empowerment in kink and why it's so important to all of us. When we come back, we're presented by date and kinky with special thanks to kinkster merch on Etsy.
0: We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly thankscatsuit thanks Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you.
2: Hi, Katsu. Thank you so much for sharing your wholesome space with the team of Fetish Bacanal. Sparkle the Brat and I, Goddess Alanis, will be hosting a three-day Kingfield retreat in Jamaica, June 28th to the 30th, 2024. This is gonna be an escape of a property with a cleansing mineral cave right in the heart of it. Follow at Fetish Bacchanal on Twitter for more updates on ticket links, vending, performances, and more. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's VenusConnections.com. Welcome to the Yoni-verse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique
0: expressions of female sexuality. From
2: asexual to megasexual. From lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy. From deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not
0: leave the same as when you came. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at whatwomenwantp1, on Instagram at whatwomenwantpodcast, and on FetLife at www.podcast. And if you want to follow the host, That's easy, as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is, hi there, catsuit. And now back to what women and other wonderful humans want, presented by Dating Kinky. Okay.
1: Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program, joined by Queen Anna Blue, who identifies themselves in so many different ways, but I wanna talk about the educator, Queen Anna Blue. You talked about the fact that you had a course called Empowerment in Kink. What led you to want to teach that?
2: I'm a big fan that kink and BDSM is not just a physical thing that we do. It can be who we are. It can be a part of us. It can be expressed in ways that's not just considered sexual that the things we learn and kink at the dungeon from different uh, sex and kink classes can spill over into our everyday lives. How we're able to speak up about what we want, speak up about what we don't want, that self-confidence, you know, being able to wear lingerie for the first time at the dungeon or in front of a partner, um, or just, you know, that glow you get, that confidence you get, that happiness you feel. And then that happiness carries over into what we do outside of the dungeon. And for some people, you know, when they don't have a scene, when they don't get to play and be themselves, you know, they're a little antsy, they're a little sad, you can be depressed, and that affects how you work. Uh, Some people ask me, well, how can you play with clients that are married? And I go, look. After they play with me, they're going to go back to their significant other even more happier before they walk through the door with me. So I'm doing their significant other a favor.
1: (laughs) And it's, it's very true because the connection that you're able to have with them, they can take home and show that connection with their significant other in a way that allows them to be a little bit more free.
2: Yeah. And I believe there is a mental and emotional part to what we do. And so I wanted to incorporate that into my classes, and not just do a new spin on here's how to be a top here's how to be a bottom, but or how to be a switch but more into okay Here's how to be your best top, your best bottom, your best switch. And how we do that is we get to, okay, let's talk about the guilt you feel for being here. Let's talk about the things you haven't forgave yourself for. Let's talk about the hiccups you have when it comes about sex. And once we can acknowledge that, hey, we're not perfect. We all suffer from a little bit of perfectionalism. We suffer from some of the same things you know how many of us feel guilt shame um how many of us have been in uh, have been in bad relationships have had a breakup have been divorced and how many of us have had that affect how we play and how we meet others and we can't just ignore that um sometimes I ask other educators like hey how can we have a class that talks about Kink and dating and being poly and kids. And, you know, they go like, well, we can't really talk about kids. And I was like, well, they kind of are there, especially if you're poly and, you know, you're married and then kids happen. And we have to have these conversations. (laughs) And so we just have to encourage each other say, hey, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be honest with those around us and have kind conversations. And it's happening more. It's happening more. But uh, it's nice to also see that more books are coming out that are actually written in the 2000s. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I have so many books, but you look at the copyright, it's like 1970, 1980. <laughs> and a few of them are like, oh, yes, 2010. Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah.
1: We've come a long way since Gloria Brain put out her book that kind of opened this world to everyone. I love how you talked about in the first five that you knew you were home when you were in a scene that just made you feel like you'd come home. Describe what it was like before that.
2: So, um, I I grew up super religious. You know, my family was either Baptist, Jehovah's Witness, or Catholic. And I was more drawn to the Catholic side of things. At one point, I thought I was going to become a nun. And I even had like a little altar in my room. It was, I had my first Bible still here. Um, <laughs> wow. Like I was in deep. But then I kept questioning things like, okay, well, what does the Bible say about sex? What does the catechism say about masturbation? You know, and, you know, my church had us picketing outside Planned Parenthood, or as they taught me, it was called the abortion factory. Mm. And I started looking up. Planned Parenthood, you know, cause I'm, I'm like what, junior high and they're telling us to go out with signs and pick it. And I was like, well, let me, you know, look this up and, you know, you go to your school library and, you know, try to look it up. I'm like, wait, so you mean people can go here and get medicine? They can go here and talk about family planning. Like they do abortions maybe twice a month, not every day. Mm. <laughs> and and so, and then seeing how, you know, the church, at least the one that I was at was just very, you know, don't be gay. Um, even my youth group yelled at a kid for coming out that he was in love with his male best friend. And I was like, this isn't right. And I was always curious about the body. I was into the sciences So I'm studying things about genitals and anal and anal play really fascinated me and learning about like, okay, pleasure points and how pain can be a way to reach euphoria. And I was like, okay, okay. And I remember one of my first boyfriends, I brought home like these kink books and stuff and he's looking through it and he goes, this looks like it hurts. And I was like, yes, that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I was like, oh, I'm different than the friends around me. Cause all my, most of my friends, church friends, church friends. I was in youth group. I was in the Catholic club on campus. Uh, Let's see. I was in choir. Like everything was Jesus. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then I realized I was like, you can have fun in other ways and still be a good person. And I don't know if I really believe in everything my church is teaching me. So um, kind of got away from that and I feel like I've been using all my science knowledge and I have a degree in science education. So I've been using my teaching skills to help with the teaching kink classes and it's it's been a nice journey to how everything has pulled together. Took a while, but you know, um, that journey has been fun. And there's some things I have learned from the church that have been good. And there's some things I'm like, oh, let's not do that again. Um, but yeah, and I'm glad that I'm here to help other people and help them find their journey.
1: When did you have your first inkling that you might be kinky?
2: Um, um I was just fascinated by like toys and dungeons and I just realized it didn't scare me off as much as it did some of my friends I remember going to church camp one time and a Jennifer Lopez song waiting for tonight came on and my friends were like oh no turn that off we we can't that's not Jesus wouldn't like that and I was like but it's it's about sex. It's how we procreate. That's how we get the children on the earth. That's like, (laughs) I was like, we don't know if she's talking about, you know, wedding night, but (laughs) she could be, or she just, you know, it's fun. It's a good song. But I just, I just, you know, realize basically in college, I was like, yeah, I am kinky. I enjoy the dungeon. And for a moment, and even some days still, I feel like clark kent superman where it's like okay what group of people am i with because i remember when i first accepted that i was kinky um i was like i kind of was in like a frenzy where i was like who can i talk to about who can i let them know that i've accepted kink as my lord and savior like (laughs) (laughs) and i had uh, for a moment my friends are like anna can you please stop talking about anal like You're scaring her Uber driver. Like, (laughs) and I was like, sorry, sorry. I got excited. Sorry. (laughs) I'll give you five
0: stars.
1: (laughs) I actually have stickers on my phone case slash notebook. One's from Bond desk in really tiny letters. It says, what's your safe word? (laughs) I have a fetish factory sticker on there and I have a Kingster merch sticker on there. Nice. And most of the time when people see it, they go, oh. Interesting. And that's about as far as it goes. (laughs) But then there are other people who go, Oh, interesting. And now I have two coworkers who won't let me stop talking about it. They're fascinated with every aspect of it. And to feel home, to feel like your authentic self, that's what gives us the joy. But going back to the religious background, What do you think scares people in the religious backgrounds of people who are being their authentic selves and searching for joy? What's so wrong with that?
2: Well, I know in my experience, you're taught that your life must be this one way that everything you do must be for, you know, for God. Mm-hmm. and there's some things you just don't question you have faith on have faith pray about it um and things will get better if you pray about it and i was more of like the logical minded of like okay well what can we do how can we affect the outcome you know um and i remember one time near graduation my friend was like how can you be catholic and a scientist Mm. and i was like i was like watch me (laughs) because i was also a biology major but i was also president of the catholic club and they were like that doesn't make sense they're like you believe in evolution i was like yes but they're like but the world was made in seven days and i was like that's a story (laughs) don't take the bible so literal (laughs) but then you have some people that are just like but that's what it says we must believe it and yeah um but and, and it's and it's tough when you're trained that your life must be this way or that marriage must be this way or monogamy is the thing not polyamory um and just t- trying to inform people that hey do you know that really it was a catholic church in like the 1200s that really had us on the path to monogamy <laughs> and talking about how priests were kind of in chastity and you know <laughs> <laughs> um but they don't want to hear that part <laughs> let's
1: talk um, about your let's talk about your work and talk about the fun things that you get to do as a professional dominatrix you get to take people on a journey do people really know what journeys they want to go on when you get there or is it just so much fun showing them the way
2: I love that we use the word scene because I feel like I make my own little movies when I play with people and they don't know the script (laughs) They might know some plot points like okay here are some props I won't use in our scene okay thank you that you want you know a paddle but they don't know how I'm going to use that paddle you know am I going to use the edges of it am I going to use the handle of it um you know how am I walking into the scene you know what am I wearing you know what's that squeak sound they might hear you know, sometimes I go to a dungeon and people are like, Anna's here. They're like, how do you know? Because they're like, you know, she has a rubber <laughs> chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Each scene is a little bit different. You know, there's, I, I, sometimes my friends and I get together and they're just like, do you have any stories? Let's hear stories. And, you know, there's a time I had someone dressed as Britney Spears um, as a schoolgirl, and they stripped for me and threw me money. Um, you know, beating people with rubber chickens and having them thank the chicken. Um <laughs> all kinds of fun thing. Doing a rainbow bondage wrap on someone for pride, doing wax rainbow for pride, all kinds of fun stuff. But
1: it really comes down to that connection that you talked about. Was learning about that connection as a bottom able to help you create that connection as a top?
2: Um, I feel like I've always been a people person in a way. Mm -hmm. And part of why I became a pro was because I saw that people needed a place to feel accepted, to have someone that they can go to and be like, hey, I want to do this weird thing. And I always ask them, why did you use the word weird? Are you using a positive weird? Or are you making fun of yourself? Because you better use the positive weird, because you're not weird in my eyes. And then you got to figure out, okay, what tone are we using with this person? Are we being kind? Are we being mean? A little bit of both. Column A, column B. Um, You know, and it's, It's interesting because everyone's just, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when we were in school, we all want to make friends. We want to, you know, have those fun moments and not stick out. And sometimes when we're kinky, we feel like we stick out if people know about us and these sessions give this person a moment to not feel like they stick out. That they can be like, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, okay, let's, well, let's do it. Um, and they have a place where it's safe, where no one can see them. Um, and they know that they're going to have a good creative time. But I do encourage people, if you're going to play with the pro, please look at their social media, look at their website. And if you can, uh, which usually is not always the case. If You can talk to a reference <laughs> to see how the session went um, because there's been a few times where, you know, a client will come to me and say, hey, I saw so-and-so and we didn't have a good session. All they did was talk down to me and I didn't like the way they talked down to me and or this person just took my money and then kept asking for money but didn't even do a session with me and um it, it gives pros a bad name when it's just like you know um we're we're here to help
1: talk to me about the word vulnerability and what it brings to you
2: i feel like it's not just the client that has vulnerability um even the pros you know and sometimes there's Liability, <laughs> where it's like, all right, are you gonna tell someone you saw me? Or are you gonna tell someone you saw me? Okay. Um, and you know, people get scared to see a pro because they're like, what's gonna happen? Like, is this gonna get sexual? Is are they gonna let people know? Are there gonna be cameras? How many people are gonna be at the dungeon? And I like to tell people. I want to make you comfortably uncomfortable and that there's going to be moments where you don't feel uncomfortable, but it's okay to feel uncomfortable, anxious, nervous. But the big part, do you feel safe? If you don't feel safe, then you're not going to be able to step into your vulnerability and have a good time. Because you're letting your guard down and going, okay. Well, I'll wear this diaper. Okay, I'll wear this outfit. I'll do this thing, and um, we'll see. And sometimes you just got to jump in the water and see what happens. You know, with people that are just like, well, I think I want to wear stockings. Like, i will put these stockings on. Put these shoes on. Let's just go. Let's just do it. Walk around a little bit.
1: That's beautiful. The fact is that we. Aim to live, and I've said it so many times, we aim to live in the world that exists when the rest of the world goes away when we're in it. Mm -hmm. We just want to have that world that's just for two. And when you get that connection, how amazing is it for you?
2: It's amazing, especially if I can see the person again, because they're their guard is down a little bit more. They're not as like scared kitten when they come back again. And even some of my favorite sessions have been with other pro-doms um, showing them things. And one of my favorite students, um, she uh, she came from, I guess, like Twitter. And, you know, some people would call them like, oh, you know, the, tw- the Twitter doms take the photos you know yell at people for money but then she realized that hey um i i want to learn like real skills i mm-hmm. want i don't want to just yell at people i want to be able to take photos and show that hey i know how to use a flogger i know how to spank people and i want to have a good reputation and so taking classes or Teaching pro-doms, you know, here and there is so lovely to see that they're hungry for information, that they really care about their skills and helping the client grow. And I feel sometimes it's hard to tell a client that, hey, not all pro-doms are equal, not all pro-subs and switches are equal because we all have different skills. We're all here for different reasons. Not all pros are educators. Not all pros have some type of degree in medicine or science or sexuality or psychology. And it's, it's, um, you, you got to ask them or just be like, all right, we're doing this because she's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine too. Which is fine too. You go for who you like.
1: What's the most valuable lesson you've learned from another pronoun?
2: Um, I would have to say I learned in a weird way to be yourself because I learned that when I was taught to not be yourself. And so for those of you that don't know me, I am black. And I have short curly hair and you don't see a lot of black pros out there, especially ones with short hair. And so when I started, you know, it was supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to have long hair. You're supposed to, hair supposed to be short or nicely wavy. And, you know, I started wearing wigs because I thought I had to. And I realized, I was like, that's not me. Like, this is not my look. I am not comfortable and I need to be comfortable. And so there was the whole look aspect where I was just like, okay, we need to fix that. And then I'm a lifestyle switch as we went over and, you know, pro doms, if you're in the lifestyle should never play in public. And I remember I had a scene where I bottomed in public and At least five pro doms came up to me or messaged me and was like, why did you do that? Your clients can see you. And I was like, because I'm having fun just like they do. (laughs) And one of my clients was actually there that night, came up to me and was like, I didn't know you could take a beating like that. And I was like, oh, you thought I could only dish it? Boy, I can take it too. Um... So by being basically taught like, oh no, don't be yourself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be myself and stop wearing the wigs. Or more, it was, I don't feel obligated that I have to wear the wigs. If I want to do it, it's because I want to, and because it's fun and they're pretty. Not because I'm trying to hide my hair, hide myself, hide who I am. And that, yeah, I'm a lifestyle switch. And you almost want a pro that's in the lifestyle because they have experiences that can carry over into the pro world that can help the clients have a really great experience. And so um, I take the negative things that have been thrown my way and being like, okay, well, how can I turn this... Into a a positive and sometimes people are just like well you got to look this way or do this thing and I was like that might work for you but we always tell each other you know a client is going to go to you because they like your look they like your style and you know if someone wants to wear the wigs go ahead and do it if that's what you want to do do it but I was like that doesn't make me comfortable that's not me this is me <laughs> I'm a thick bitch And I like having fun, and each scene is going to be creative and fun, and people are going to leave my scenes feeling wowed and amazed.
1: You are part of an amazing group out at Sanctuary LAX. Mistress Cyan put together an amazing place and now has a new amazing place. And each one of them have their qualities that people can enjoy. What makes you stand out there? What is the thing that Queen Anna Blue brings that nobody else
2: can? Oh wow, because I feel like that's a question where I could just boast about myself. Um... And you are more than welcome
1: <laughs> to do so.
2: Um. Yes, each person at Sanctuary has their own style, set of skills. And it's a very unique group. But what makes me amazing is that, again, I'm in a lifestyle. I do this 24-7. Um, I have someone's key to their chastity cage around my neck right now. Um, I wear this in public. Um, I host events. I teach classes. I know how to bottom. I know how to top. I am constantly educating myself myself. I um, am constantly reading and I just love to help people have a good, terrible time. And (laughs) I'm going to just, I just like people. And I like that I can use my people skills in a kinky, sexy, fun way. And I love that I get to dress up. And wear different outfits, whether it's you know leather or um, a onesie. I can still be a badass in a onesie. <laughs> um, all kinds of stuff, and um, yeah. And if someone doesn't, if someone asks me for a recommendation, I'll give them a recommendation and be like, okay, well maybe you would fit more with this person.
1: Mm-hmm. Was it intimidating going in there for the first time?
2: I wouldn't say intimidating. It was more of like, I have a strong work ethic. And Mm -hmm. so my thing is, so at the moment, I actually live in the Midwest. So Mm -hmm. um, I go to sanctuary when I can as like a guest mistress. But when I was at sanctuary, my whole thing is I was always busy. And even when I'm not taking sessions, I am on Night Flirt. I am on Sex Panther. I am on some site working, trying to schedule stuff. And I think sometimes people didn't understand that because we have like the lady lounge where people, you know, can sit and whatnot. And then we have like the main room where some of us can sit. And I sit out there because I'm like, I'm taking phone calls. I can't be getting up back and forth. And, you know, I, I, you know, some people might be like, oh my gosh, she's, she doesn't like us. She's so standoffish. I'm like, no, I am working. We are at work. This is a (laughs) a job. You got to treat this like a business. You can't just sit around and be like, oh, I'm going to wait for walk-ins. It's like, what, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, are you working on your social media? Like, are you working on photos? Are you, Spreading the news. Are you joining FetLife groups and spreading your name out there and seeing who's on these different groups? Like you gotta constantly be getting yourself out there.
1: You mentioned that you live in the Midwest, and that's where I almost got the chance to meet you because I got <laughs> to teach kindness and other kinks to the wonderful STL3 group uh there in st louis and i was i was hoping i'd get to meet you there but i didn't quite get to do it is there a difference in style between the midwest and la
2: oh yes oh yes (laughs) and it's 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 so fun seeing the different styles um and different regions of the u.s um let's see how can i put it there's some things about this the, the same i guess i don't know midwest type of play is sometimes i don't see and it could be just the places i have visited so far um sometimes people just play really hard here without a lot of warm up and mm-hmm. i that was very interesting to see are people really like to attack the calves And that was one thing that is that I'm just like, why are y'all doing that? (laughs) Um, Another thing you'll see a lot of is you won't or you won't see a lot of fancy flogging. Like you won't see a lot of Florentine flogging. Um, You'll see a lot of like that East Coast, West Coast swing like that, (laughs) the back and forth style and like everything. But it's like, but the main thing is. These people are having fun. They found a place to express themselves and meet others that want to do the same things that they want to do. So the styles might be different, but the joy is still the same.
1: I still, and it's been about a month now, (laughs) and I actually told the woman who topped me and you you know who I'm talking about the the person uh-huh. who who runs STL three hit me with a dryer ball <laughs> on a stick on the outside yes. of my right thigh yes and I can still <laughs> feel it but I take great pride in the fact that I shattered the dryer ball when she hit me
2: oh that's amazing. <laughs> And those things are hard plastic. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't think those things could break. (laughs) But it also
1: shows you how hard she was swinging, too.
2: That's amazing. (laughs)
1: We're going to talk more with Queen Anna Blue and talk more education and get to know this wonderful woman so much better when we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, with special thanks to Kinkster Merch on Etsy.
2: Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? Or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns. (laughs) Uh, But lots of solid BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years King for the Curious a BDSM activity book for beginners written by Princess Natasha Strange that's me <laughs> is available on Amazon go get it now
0: this is Alicia Zadig
2: Author of the new book, Yes Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia,
0: a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert.
2: My book, Yes Mistress,
0: takes you on a provocative, eye opening journey into the erotic worlds
2: of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think, and more rewarding than you can ever imagine.
1: Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at YesMistress.com.
2: Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new
1: book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20
2: years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the practical contract guide, relationship shor- shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years.
1: Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash heartsandcollars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.
0: Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you, Nookie. Joined once again by Queen
1: Anna Blue, who is getting set to have a fall full of fetish when you get (laughs) to go to Dark Odyssey in October, where you will be teaching. That is always such an amazing event. I haven't had an opportunity to go, but one of the things I keep hearing is just how amazing the educators and classes are there.
2: Yeah, same. This is this will be my first time going, and I feel very lucky that I was accepted to teach and be amongst this wonderful crowd. This legacy of an event that has had such a positive reputation. When I bring it up with people, people are like, "Yes, you got to go. Which one you're going to?" um so i am looking forward to being out there in october what
1: classes are you going to teach
2: i am still waiting to hear back um but the list i gave was let's see the pro said no uh chastity and celibacy um and i don't remember the other two (laughs) (laughs)
1: Those of us who are in education are constantly asked to teach different classes, and I actually had said yes to a class that I'm teaching up in Cleveland in October, and I thought they wanted the, my kindness class and they wanted my improv class. I said, "Oh yeah, I can oh, do no. that too." But it's still, <laughs> it's still, it's still a lot of fun. Did you find them there?
2: Yes, uh, non-sexual, sensual scenes. And relationship and dyna- dynamic de-escalation and restructuring.
1: That sounds very in-depth.
2: <laughs> well, the main point that I want people to take away from that class is that breakups happen and that sometimes dynamics can be restructured without having to be completely destroyed. That maybe you just need to look at, okay, well, why are we together? And what do we wanna do? And what does that look like? And also when it comes to breakups, kind of how do you re yourself back into the scene? Because sometimes it can be a little hard to be like, well, that's been my partner for 25 years. How do I be in public without them? How do I handle when people go, where's (laughs) so-and-so? You know, so that's going to be a great class. And sometimes people don't think of like, oh, a de-escalation. Okay. Instead of a, you know, like, I've been collared. It's like, well, you can be decollared and still be in a relationship and still be Mm -hmm. in a dynamic. (laughs)
1: I love the idea of a non-sexual, sensual scene class mm-hmm. because it wasn't until recently. It was a scene I did for a, a content creator down at FetishCon. It's the first time I ever had an orgasm in a scene. And oh, wow. people are like, what? I said, yep. Yeah. I've, I've had a vibrator put on me many years ago, and I think I may have had that, but this was the first time where somebody wanted to make me have an orgasm because I am so not driven sexually. I love yeah. the connection. So tell me a little bit about that class and, and how important it is that people realize it's not just about sex.
2: So, I love teaching my sensual play class. And this is going to be a bit of a more in depth version of it where we're going to really stress about, like, okay, well, these are some ways you can do a scene that is sensual but non sexual. And what does that mean? And to do a non sexual scene, you have to define what sexual means and getting people to define that for themselves because you have some people where oral is sexual to them and sometimes it's not sexual. You know, if I put a finger in your butt, is that sexual or not sexual? If I put a vibrator on you. Like, so we're kind of gonna go over different scenarios to be like, okay, this is how you can have a sensual scene. What does that mean? Well, let's talk about the the uh, popular five senses and how you can do that, whether you are in the privacy of your own home are at a play space and i also like to include what if you're in a play space that is crowded so when you go to those cons that have like you know thousands of people and you're just like i just want to play but i can't use my flogger, you know longer than three feet you know what can i do with this and it's like i'll we'll go over how you can use your flogger in the crowded space and how it can be very effective and yeah it's i've i've made somebody come from a flogger before not by inserting it just the feel of it on their skin they Mm. just got really turned on and it's like i want that for everybody to be to be like all right Let's find ways to do certain touches that, you know, can help you enhance the connection between you and your person.
1: I have come to discover that the most underappreciated sense when it comes to BDSM is smell. When somebody puts a flogger or a piece of leather under my nose, I just melt.
2: Mm -hmm. I will have to thank uh, Mr. Cyan and Madam Rose for really teaching me about smell in the scene. Because it wasn't until Mr. Cyan showed me, I think we were might've even been like a one-on-one class um, where she was showing me some flogging techniques. And she was like, you know, she's like, take your time with the flogger, just rub it against their skin, put it in their face, and let them smell it. Um, and then Madame Rose taught me, she she told me how she has a certain lotion, I think it was, or a soap she uses before she plays that she uses. And so when her person or her client smells that, it's like a trigger for them to be like, oh, snap, playtime is about to go down. Um you know, and it's kind of like when I would take yoga classes and, you know, they might uh, light a certain candle or burn a sudden, sudden, uh certain instance, and, you know, like, okay, this is the moment where we're going to relax and work out and just be calm. And it's like, okay, well, what are some things we can do in our scene that would help us connect with our person but also doesn't smell up the room too bad (laughs) (laughs) if we are in public because it's just like not everyone can bring a fragrant candle or you know get that lotion because you know some places have a please don't wear scented stuff rule or you don't want something that's going to cause someone to have an allergic reaction Mm
1: mm-hmm The other thing you're going to get to do, and I am very, very envious, but I got to do it at FetishCon, so it was a lot of fun, is hosting the red carpet at DomCon NOLA.
2: Yes. How much
1: fun is that?
2: I am so excited. I am so lucky. I am planning some fun things because I love what they've been doing with the event for the past few decades. (laughs) that they've been doing it, but it's like, okay, well, how can I make it special? What can I do to give the attendees some takeaway? And so, um, yeah, I keep going going back and forth about, well, do I have another photographer that like prints out photos? Do I give everybody like a frame that says Dom connola on it? So who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> so it's going to be exciting.
1: The thing that I found so fun about doing the red carpet down at fetish Con is we had people, because we got to do it twice, once at the beginning of the conference and then mm. once before the Fetish Ball, which was at the end of the conference. So people had been able to experience the whole thing. So when I talked to them at the beginning, it was all about the anticipation. But when yeah. I talked to, to them at the end, It was about how they just loved being in a place where they can be themselves for four days. Yeah. That's the beauty of these conferences. We don't have to be afraid to be ourselves.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: How freeing is that? I totally
2: agree. Yeah. And then that's why, unfortunately, drop can be so hard, though, after the con is because for four days and even i would even dare say that whole week when you're planning and traveling you know you've been into this like i'm gonna be my people i'm gonna be with my people i can be with myself mode for days and then monday tuesday comes and you gotta go to work and you're like i have to wear clothes i'm wearing underwear and a bra And I'm in this office and there's people that don't know what I did and I can't show my bruises or I can't talk about how I gave this person bruises. And it's like, okay. Um, So I kind of been thinking about, well, what can I do to help attendees with their drop? You know, because it can, it can be tough when you're just like, especially If you're traveling and you're just like, oh, I see these people, you know, a couple of times a year and then you have to go to your home and you're just like, all right, so that reunion's over, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but we are very lucky that we get to have that moment to be amongst so many fun people and so many educators see on all the performances and the toy vendors and um seeing all different styles of people that play that's one of my favorite parts too just watching people play and being like all right take note writing that down mm-hmm. um let's ask that person where they got that toy <laughs> so, yeah.
1: if i were to give a piece of advice to anybody going to a conference like fetish con or DomCon, it would be take time to breathe mm-hmm. because sometimes it could be like going to a wedding reception after you've been married when you meet all these people and then you don't remember anything because you didn't take the time to breathe.
2: Yeah. So during my classes and my social, I actually pass out goodie bags and they contain a little notebook and a pen. And, um, the pen actually, um, has my website on it. (laughs) Nice. Uh, yeah. So I give them that little notebook and I tell them, Hey, you can use that to take notes during the classes you attend, but to also write down people's information to be like, okay, this is this person's pet. This is their Instagram. This is their name, contact information. So you can go back and talk to that person later Um, because usually, you know, how many of us, you know, remember to bring something to write with when we go to Mm con? So I'm just like, here's a goodie bag. The notebook is already in there. Use it.
1: I love the pen idea because you and I are kindred spirits. I don't know if you know this, but (laughs) I am known for my notebooks. Oh My notebooks, I give out after classes because I teach two classes, one called Kindness and Other Kings, the other one called called Telling Your Story with Authenticity, but I also carry notebooks with me. I mean, I'm not without my notebooks when I am going through a conference. And I give them to people to write down great things that happen, little compliments that people give to them, yeah, even good things you think about yourself. And then when you're having one of those awful days when you don't think it's worth it, you open it up and you remember what a difference you make to others and what a difference you can make to yourself.
2: That's a good idea. So.
1: I love that we're kindred spirits in notebooks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: That's wonderful. Please tell us how we can follow you on the socials.
2: Let's see here. Um, on Instagram, Fet Life, and Twitter, I am queen underscore Anna. That's what one N, A-N-A, underscore blue. Queen underscore Anna underscore blue. My website is Uh, Let's see. And my email is thequeen at com. That's
1: awesome. And if anybody has any questions about your classes or where you might be appearing, definitely check those socials and yeah. It. this has just been a wonderful conversation i do feel like we're kindred spirits and i do hope i make my my way up to the that wonderful town in missouri and come up and actually get to meet you at some point or maybe see each other at a dom con or one of the cons across the country because i'd love to be able to teach in the same presence as you
2: oh uh, yes we'll make it happen
1: sounds wonderful queen anna blue thank you so much Thank you. What a beautiful conversation with such a beautiful woman. She has such a heart and it's so great to see that that beauty definitely comes from the inside.
0: Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky.
1: It's a video and audio podcast next week with an amazing combination from FetishCon. It is the longtime fetish model Enchantress Sarai, joined by Calissa Bliss, who we got to meet last year at FetishCon, and her bondage journey has grown so very much. These two people are definitely two that you're going to want to know about. You can catch the podcast right here on your favorite podcast place, or you can join us on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash at what
0: women want podcast. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. Again, special
1: thanks to Queen Anna Blue for joining us this week. Remember, if you want to shop our official merchandise partner, you can at Kingster Merch at Etsy. They have not only the what women and other wonderful humans want range of t-shirts for empowering you, but also so many great designs that Mr. has put together. So give it a shot, if you will. Kingster merch on Etsy. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember
0: consent and to love each other, always what women and other wonderful humans want connects with you join us on twitter at what women want p1 on instagram at what women want podcast for our kinky friends on fetlife at wwwpodcast, podcast and now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com dating kinky this has been a presentation of dating kinky Built by Kingsters for Kingsters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free.